Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to the Smirkanish Podcast for independent minds. I'm going to make this as simple as I can. You either keep Gavin Newsom as your governor or you'll get Donald Trump. It's President Biden last night in Long Beach, Long Beach, California. Today, of course, Election Day in California. Although I have to say it's feeling a a bit uh, anticlimactic, don't you think? My prediction, and I don't think this requires much insight, is that Gavin Newsom will comfortably turn back a recall effort. The The only shot that there is of recalling Gavin Newsom, the only shot of Newsom losing his job would be if there were so many Republicans concerned about mailing in their ballots and that they come out in droves today. But I certainly don't think that will happen. Larry Elder will not become the second California governor elected after a recall. Arnold, of course, having been the first. And actually, and I've been saying this for several days, actually, it might be because of Elder that Newsom is successful. There are 40 some candidates on the ballot in California. Uh, I'll bet that this national audience can probably only name Elder. Maybe that is of no significance because we don't vote. Only the people in California do. I'm sure that our friends in California can name several of the candidates. But my point is that nationally speaking, and I'll bet in California, you'll tell me this is the case locally or statewide. It's Elder who has received all the attention. And he would say unfairly, he would say that he's been targeted by the media, by the liberal media to prop up Gavin Newsom. Anybody remember my CNN interview with him a couple of weeks ago when I introduced him as a conservative radio host who was supportive of former President Donald Trump and immediately he took umbrage? I didn't mean any slight by it. I guess I could have done a better job in more completely uh, introducing him because to Elder's point, he said, hey, I have voted for I have voted for every Republican since Jimmy Carter. In fact, maybe he said he voted for Carter and then every Republican. But his point was, I vote for lots of Republicans. Why are you singling out Donald Trump? I'm a Republican. That he's been targeted by the media, uh, the liberal media to prop up Newsom. He's definitely gotten more attention than anybody else. It's hard Not to focus on Elder, where he brings so many words to the race. Get ready, J.D. Vance, because I think in similar fashion, given all the media appearances you've made and your books, particularly Hillbilly Elegy, uh, it's going to be the same thing with J.D. Vance. All those words are out there and they will be analyzed. I guess what I'm saying is you become an easy mark. And yes, I'm sure that some outlets probably did take advantage of that. Remember, there are two questions today. The first question is, should Newsom be recalled? And then the second question, if so, who should replace him? I think it's pretty obvious that you get to vote. 
on both. Like if if you say he should not be recalled, he should keep his job, whatever the proper wording is, it doesn't mean, oh, well, because you think he should keep his job, you don't get a say in the second question. Of course you do. Of course you do. Although, and I'll get to this in a moment, the uh, California Democratic leadership has said to people, and the Newsom campaign has said to people, don't even vote on, on question two. Yesterday, John Myers was here, the Sacramento bureau chief of the L.A. Times, and I told him that initially I questioned the decision by Democrats who said, don't even vote on question two. And my thought process initially was this. If you tell Democrat, this is this is probably the part of the election that intrigues me the most. If you tell Democrats who support Newsom to skip question two. By definition, you are limiting the pool of those who will then make the decision as to his replacement if, if, if there are sufficient votes to recall him. And when when the whole California referendum was first gaining uh, national heft a couple of weeks ago, I said here on POTUS, why would you ever do that? You know, why would you ever not have a backstop so that, okay, you don't want Newsom recalled, but if Newsom is recalled, hey, then, okay, please go with one of these candidates or go with, you know, Cruz Bustamante or whoever his 2021 equivalent might be. Well, here's the answer. Because if there are sufficient votes to turn him aside, it means that you had enough angry people come out who are then going to coalesce around his staunchest opponent, seemingly Larry Elder. And if you took the opposite approach, here's a second reason. If you took the opposite approach and you said, well, retain Newsom, but if you don't, then pick this woman or pick this man, it does diminish from the approach of outright rejection of the recall effort. And I think that probably, therefore, was a smart play. Yesterday, Myers told us that 35 percent of 22 million ballots had been returned. He also told us that Democrats now are outperforming, proportionately outperforming Republicans, that 48 percent of Democrats, this is interesting, had left the second question blank. There's been this sea change in the last couple of weeks. There was a July Uh, UC Berkeley L.A. Times survey that showed likely voters were split on whether to keep Newsom. That was the poll that alarmed the Democratic establishment and I'm sure caused the president to commit to going in for Newsom last night. Uh, By last night, it it seems more like a, a victory lap. The July the July survey showed voters were split. That survey also measured passion, meaning that only 42% of likely voters would be Democrats, even though they're 47% of the electorate. Republicans in July were outperforming in terms of showing up. But a more recent survey, the Democrats went from 42% of an electorate to 47% of the electorate. Republican recall voters diminished from 33 to 29%. 
Michael, that's a word salad of a lot of numbers. What's Just tell me the bottom line, for goodness sakes. I need to get to work. Okay, 60% of likely voters oppose recall. So there might be some bump for the pro-recall, pro-elder voters, but it looks like it's headed for some type of a 60-40 defeat of recall. Now, how did that happen? Well, this is the way that it happened. There was focus on elder that transformed this. This is what I I said yesterday and have been saying, and uh, this is my conclusion. Maybe tomorrow I'll have egg on my face, but and, and I'm not wishing any result in California. Hey, California, go make up your own minds. I'm just trying to read the tea leaves from 3,000 miles away, and what I see is that the focus on Elder, whether you think it was a media hit job or whether all of his words invited it, but it has transformed this race. It, it seems to me that it's no longer a referendum on Gavin Newsom. Instead, it's Elder V. Newsom. Oh, which of these two do you want? Today, George Skelton in the L.A. Times has a column where he says this. Steve Smith, communications strategist for the California Labor Federation, sounded the alarm after conducting some focus groups. Quote, people have a lot of other things on their minds. If there's not a big turnout, things could get interesting. Smith then helped organize what he calls the largest field campaign ever run in the state. Our goal was 10,000 volunteers. We have well over 20,000. That recruitment of Newsom volunteers was greatly aided by Elder's late entry into the race in July. Smith says he gave us material. Elder advocated zero minimum wage, had disparaged women over the years, suggested that descendants of slave owners are paid reparations for the loss of their ancestors' property, opposed abortion rights, and most damaging to him, vowed to repeal state mandates on mask wearing and vaccinations for public employees and school teachers. I might add parenthetically that there's more to each one of those elder statements, in my opinion. Context matters. But okay, that's the way it was spun. And to my narrative of voters are walking in today thinking that they've got a a two person race on their hands. And that's in Gavin Newsom's best interest. In fact, let me say it even even differently. One wonders what would have happened to Gavin Newsom if Larry Elder hadn't run. Like what would Newsom have done? If he had no elder to pit himself against. Two other things that I want to say about this, and one with national implications that I'll I'll be very eager to hear your opinion. From Axios today, be ready for a big lie type argument to be made in the aftermath of the election. Quote, a falsehood peddled by Donald Trump that his election was stolen is now being pushed by conservatives in today's California election. Now that the precedent has been set, more losing Pauls will use unfounded allegations of fraud to try to undermine outcomes that they don't agree with. Even though there's been no evidence of widespread fraud in the California election or the 2020 election. But media, some on, on the right, And political figures have already begun alleging that today's recall faced by Gavin Newsom is rigged. His lead in the polls is big enough to withstand major sampling errors. According to the pollsters, uh, Tommy Lahren from Fox News, the host, said last week that the only thing that would save Newsom 
in his recall election is voter fraud. The claim has been pushed by right wing media outlets and personalities for the past couple of weeks. I think that the margin will probably be of a significant size that that's not going to matter. As I said at the outset, the data suggests that Gavin Newsom will hang on. As a matter of fact, hang on is probably a poor word choice, that he will comfortably keep his job. And a question that it raises is, what might this mean for folks beyond California? And perhaps the answer is nothing, because all politics are local. But then again, I'm a believer that what happens in California often migrates across the country. Uh, Think hula hoop decriminalized uh, weed and Van Halen. Actually, there are more serious examples than those three. But Ron Brownstein, and you know that I'm a huge admirer of Ron's work, wrote a piece for CNN.com that is posted today at my website and consequently is in this morning's newsletter where I think he has a, a he raises the question that I articulated a moment ago uh, and he raises interesting arguments as well. In other words, He thinks this is a referendum on COVID response. He thinks this is a rejection of the vax obstinate. And that is actually, it is actually COVID that will protect Newsom today. The very issue that initially threatened him is going to end up saving him. And I wonder if you agree with that. Let me flesh it out briefly, if I, if I may. He acknowledges, I should say this up front, that solidly blue California may be uniquely favorable terrain for Democrats to, uh, you know, launch a successful effort against those who are vax resistant or hesitant. He makes the additional point obviously well known to you that almost uniformly Republicans have condemned mandate proposals with a succession of GOP governors promising to sue President Biden once he finalizes his plan for vaccine mandates. And then he frames the issue as as follows. He says, even if Newsom survives the recall election, the process could still signal some looming problems for Democrats. A big election day surge of GOP voters reluctant to vote by mail could produce a somewhat tighter finish. I made reference to that already. There's also some concern among Democrats as to what's happening in the Latino community and whether Latinos are uh, particularly fertile ground for expansion among Republicans. And then there's this, a quote. uh, A quote from a University of California at Berkeley professor named Dan Schnur, who says this is the covid election and it's been from the beginning. It wouldn't exist without covid and assuming Newsom survives, it'll be because of covid. Wait a minute. How is Gavin Newsom going to hang on today because of covid? With the recall drawing its strength from voters opposed to Newsom's stringent COVID measures, remember, that's how this all began. He eats at French Laundry. Hey, his kids are in private school. He's imposing all these mandates. He's imposing uh, the need to wear masks, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. With the recall drawing its strength from voters opposed to all that, opposed to Newsom's stringent COVID measures, the governor initially sought to emphasize the state's movement away from those restrictions 
As vaccines became widely available, he set June 15 as a reopening day for the state, lifted most public health mandates, and regularly touted what he called the California comeback. Remember? The progression here was that Newsom was perceived as being extreme in his lockdowns. Then all of a sudden, because the data got better, he was promoting the California comeback and the great reopening. Uh, There's a quote in here from a political observer who says we had a trajectory that looked very good for us in the sense that Biden was talking about Independence Day as a turning point. We had a clear stake in the ground to open the state on June 15. But then came the covid surge driven by the Delta variant earlier this summer, which upended those plans. And once Delta emerged, The optimistic message of moving beyond COVID increasingly seemed tone deaf to the growing public concern, as well as to the public health reality of caseloads and hospitalization numbers that were again rapidly rising. In other words, Gavin Newsom, according to the argument that's put forth by Ron Brownstein, was able to appropriately ride the wave when all of a sudden the Delta variant came and went in completely the opposite direction of, say, Abbott in Texas or DeSantis in Florida. And Ron Brownstein wonders whether there is a path here for other Democrats and whether there's going to be backlash against Republicans, those candidates and office holders who are supportive of all the anti-mandates. Am I saying that clearly? I think that I am. Coincidentally, this is exactly what Chris Cuomo asked me last night. We had a conversation on his program where we talked about abortion and where we talked about vax response and who was on the right side of that issue, politically speaking. So, for example, I said to him with regard to abortion, I said that traditionally focusing on the courts, talking about who do you want to be nominating uh, folks for the federal bench and the Supreme Court in particular, Republicans have always seemed to come out on top in that issue. If Roe were ever to be overturned, which I don't think will happen, it certainly won't happen with the Texas six-week bill. It, it theoretically could happen with the Mississippi 15-week bill. But if it were ever to happen, I think it would bring Democrats and independents out in droves. That's what I said last night. To Chris, and that's what I'm sticking with. Relative to vaccines, I said, I think, and this won't be a surprise to any of you, that I think that DeSantis and Abbott and Nome and others are playing a short-term game. In other words, they may be saying the sort of things that help one get nominated, but they're not going to help you get elected in a general election, in my opinion. I mean, take a look at Donald Trump. Donald Trump, I said this to Chris as well last night, should own the vaccine right now. Donald Trump should be out there thumping his chest, owning the fast production of the vaccines, saying it was all due to Operation Warp Speed. Please don't call me and tell me it wasn't. I don't want to get sidelined. But he could make that legitimate argument, in my opinion. And he should. Why doesn't he? Because when he came out in Alabama a couple of weeks ago and he started down that road and then encouraged people to get vaccinated, put his finger to the wind when there were a couple of cat calls from the audience and he quickly backed off. Oh, it's it's your personal choice. The issue that Brownstein raises about California is whether and this is what I want to hear you all say, whether Gavin Newsom is the hula hoop 
the Van Halen, the decriminalization and now legalization of weed, is he the sign of what's to come where there's a silent majority of people who are vaxxed who've had it and now are willing to come out and, and sort of put in their political place the vax obstinate? Or are all politics local and, hey, this is about Elder and this is about Newsom and this is about things unique to California? Back to Brownstein. Polls suggest the debate over mandates has helped to solve the greatest problem Newsom always faced in the recall. The risk that Democrats, who outnumbered Republicans in the state two to one, would slumber through it. And then he goes through the polling data that I've already shared with you, and he wonders the following. Despite the, This is a quote. Despite the fact that Elder is to the right of most Californians on many issues, it's his approach to the pandemic that has helped Newsom more than anything else, says Professor Schnoor. Newsom isn't just running against Larry Elder and Donald Trump. He's running against Greg Abbott and Ron DeSantis. He's framed this as a choice, not just between two candidates, but between two very different approaches the states have taken in response to the pandemic. Final paragraph, and then I'll get off it. Newsom's ability to shift voters' attention toward the GOP alternative may present the race's most important lesson for other Democrats. In the most immediate sense, despite all the visibility of vaccine opponents, he may offer more evidence that the GOP leaders almost uniformly condemning vaccine mandates are playing to the short side of public opinion. Even in, even if California is particularly favorable terrain to contest that argument, the latest CNN national poll conducted by SRSS found roughly 55% majorities supporting vaccine mandates for students, office workers, and attendants at large events such as concerts or sporting events. On each front, mandate support rose to about 70% among adults who've been vaccinated, and that included more than 40% of vaccinated Republicans, according to figures provided by CNN's polling unit. Not only does Brownstein quote that data, but when you go to Axios today, they release a brand new Axios Ipsos poll. Guess what the number is? 60% of voters back vax mandates. Is there, are there a silent majority of vaccinated Americans who've had it with the unvaxxed are coming out in California today? and prepared to come out in other elections across the country. Is this the sleeping issue? Like we've now reached a point where a number, and I'll say of us, have just kind of had it. With those 37% who've not yet had one injection, and we feel like they are holding back the country and therefore are willing to throw our support to the Newsom and not the elder in a race like this. Is Greg Abbott, is Ron DeSantis, are they, Christy Nome playing a very short-sighted game because maybe that's how you go and get a nomination as a Republican. It is not how you win the presidency. That's the issue. Here- 
more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24.